Hi, I'm George. I'm Dan. I'm Rick. And, and we are Queer Magnolias, the podcast. Each episode, we're going to talk about what it was like growing up gay in the South. The trials and the tribulations. The joy and the struggle. And more importantly, how we became who we are today. Oh, honey, queer and fabulous. So come on in, y'all, and get comfortable, Shug. Kick off your shoes and sit a spell. And at the end of each episode, we're going to meet up out on the front porch for my favorite part of the podcast, Happy Hour. So join us for an all-you-can-eat buffet of cutting up. Foolishness and carrying on. Always served with a heaping helping of sass. And that's a a Queer Magnolia's Magnolia's guarantee. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. This is Queer Magnolia's, and today's episode is all about pageant queen realness. Before I turn it over to the guys, though, I just want to let you know where you can find us. Look for us everywhere you find your podcast. And if this is your first time joining us, please subscribe so you never miss the cocktail of the week. All right, boys. Take it away. Thanks, Thanks Jacob. Jacob. No one, and I mean no one, and she takes no one. No one, honey, takes a pageant as seriously as a queen in the South. Amen. Oh, child. <laughs> no one. No one. These queens mean business. And I think we all have some stories. We got story, baby. We got a story. Tell us your story, Rick. When were you Miss North Carolina? <laughs> I was never Miss North Carolina. I wasn't taking it that serious, but... <laughs> Raining. <laughs> Not Miss North Carolina. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, but now I was going out to bars. I think I started going out to bars uh, when I was 19 years old. And I remember the very first time I walked into a gay bar, the first person I met was a drag queen by the name of Cass Westbrook. And she just took me under her wing and became like my drag queen fairy godmother. And I, they were some of the most amazing people I think that I'd ever met. She was, uh, you know, she immediately made me feel like part of her family. And that I must remember. have been a big wing. That's all I gotta <laughs> say. A big wing. Well, she had two of them in there. They just opened up and embraced that. She, she saw that innocent walk, that little lamb walking to the bar, and she said, "Come to mother." <laughs> exactly. Silence of the lambs. I remember being very enthralled by the performances, though, because I mean, these queens took that shit serious. I think the first time I saw drag queens was outside of a bar, and not they weren't in drag. There well, was a, they were just well, queens. <laughs> right. Well, no, so, well, precisely. So uh, these queens used to come in Winn-Dixie and grocery shop, and I was petrified of them because from the minute they entered the door to the minute they left the door, you could hear them. It didn't matter what aisle they were on. Their giggling and cackling was everywhere. But then I realized... In the produce section. In the produce section. <laughs> thumping the melons, baby. Thumping the melons. This will look... <laughs> No, the melons, this will look good in my bra. Is this a D? I like the squash. (laughs) And then the first time I went to a gay bar, uh, I saw this group of guys become the fabulous drag queens that they are or were. And they were fierce. And they took the shit serious. And I did see some of them practice. And they practiced and practiced. Well, drag queen performers today actually sing. They never did that back in the day. Everything was lip sync. But today, they actually perform. Well, some some of them sing. Not all of them. But uh, no, I agree. Back in the day, no one sang. Not live, anyway. Some of them should never sing live. (laughs) There's probably a reason for that. Well, there was. There was. So... 
I have a treat for the two of you. You do? I do. Bring it on. Something from the time capsule. I have my original programs from when I went to my very first Miss North Carolina pageant in 1992. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Tiffany Bonet. Tiffany. I love Tiffany. And Charday Ross and Mon Picard. It, it, take it all in. So it was at the Power Company in Durham. <gasps> yes, 42nd Street oh. and the Power Company, yes. honey. Fierce. Yes, and um, it was the first drag pageant that I ever went to. I think it was probably actually my first drag show even. Like, it was 92, oh, okay. so I was 18. Like, yeah, me I'm, too, honey. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, like, 18 weren't we all? We were all <laughs> yes. 18. We were all 18. Yes. So this was, it was the same. It was in June, so I had really, literally just graduated high school when I went to this pageant. Um, and it was everything I'd ever wanted it to be. It was such a production and it was such a show and it was, and like you said, like no one takes it as seriously as Southern. Southern like it Absolutely. was, honey, they were in it to win it. Yes. Yes. And they weren't going to stop until they got to the top. No, there was no half ass No, <laughs> hell no. no. And I actually knew some, uh, drag queens who performed performed year after year after year and especially in the 80s and they would always go for miss north carolina they would win their city yes and then they would go for miss north carolina every year and a couple of them and the miss east coast wasn't it um, yes there was miss east coast i don't remember all the i should oh, have yeah. looked it up but at some point you get to be miss gay america you mm-hmm. that's right right up. that's right yeah that's right Yes, and it has so there's a map on the inside in the centerfold, the map that shows all the qualifying pageants to that. get to the Miss North. Carolina. That's right. So every bar had their winner. That's right. They were the. That's how they got to the Miss North Carolina. Charde Ross. There you go from Bourbon Street. Oh my God! Do anybody ever? Well, that's yes. the other thing about out? this map is all these bars that I haven't thought of in so and many precisely. years. Precisely. Oz and Faith. Oh my God. So is still there though. Well, and Scandals in Asheville is still there. That's crazy. Oh, wow. Oh. What's not on here, though, is Jacksonville had a bar, and it's not on here. So. Well, girl, they did not have a drag queen, so she did not <laughs> Oh, honey. Brandy Alexander oh, was Amon the Vicar. drag queen. There she is. The, the power company, Amon Vicar. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This takes me way back. Oh, my God. I love this. George. Tiffany so, Bonet is giving some realness here. Girl, I mean. What I love the most about these are the photographs of the queens, because this was before, like, Photoshop was something everybody could do on their laptop. So this is some soft touch, silk on the lens. Yes, yeah, a little Vaseline. Really bright, washed out. Like, everybody looks ethereal. Oh, Tony Lenore, honey. She looks like she should be in a soap opera. I love it. <laughs> and I'm not really sure if that's a sideburn or if that's... <laughs> it's contouring, it's Contour. Oh, I it's see. It's contouring. Yes, honey. And that shake-and-go wig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This takes me back to the day. So, Greenville had uh, a queen called named Jan Chambly. And she did a lot of the production for the Miss Gay North Carolina pageant. But she did a lot of production for the... Miss North Carolina pageant and did it for years. So almost, I don't want to say all, but a lot of the girls that performed in the Miss North Carolina pageant who wanted a gown, they all came to Greenville to get Jan to do their gowns because this woman could do gowns like nobody's business. In the bigger sizes. Uh Well, (laughs) Jan got forced to bigger size a little later in life. That's right. Every queen. I have a a little tidbit for y'all that you may not know. Yes. Miss Tiffany Bonet 
had me and the guy I was dating at the time and one other friend of ours as her backup dancers. All right. For one year while she was doing tour, uh, we were the Vogue backup dancers. Oh, okay. So we, uh, we, we started out, uh, the first song we did together was Vogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we toured around all of North Carolina. I think we even made one of the local, like, um, talk shows, um, with hmm. it. So it was quite fun. Um, we had our own little mini ballroom circuit. I don't know if anybody's been watching Pose. Uh, yes. But, uh, yes. Oh, what's this? <laughs> what's Pose Sorry. about? Pose. Uh, I'm kind of just loving it because it's okay. reminding me of like uh, way back then and all the stuff that we used to do. I never did the New York scene, though. I would, I would love to have been in New York for that. But we didn't get that far. Well, you know, I agree with you. I would love to have done the New York scene. But I'm telling you, North Carolina rocked it. So in Greenville at the Paddock Club, Friday night was drag night. And that was the night. There was no other night. Friday was packed. Saturday was busy, but Friday was packed. And the show started at 11. And it started pretty promptly at 11 because some of the lesbians would get out of hand if it started too late. (laughs) And there was always a great rivalry and love between the lesbians and the drag queens. Occasionally, there'd be a fist fight. I just stayed out of the way. <laughs> I don't want to put my money, honey, on who's going to win that oh, fight. Right. <laughs> Most right. of the time on the drag queen. But that, we did have one lesbian that she'd have that one beer too many uh-huh. and then have a shot. And then she'd be in the parking lot tumbling and rolling with somebody in a fight. It's like, <laughs> then my sister went to that bar. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> but I think what I liked most about drag back then was that it was always about performing. Like I said, it's pageant queen realness. So I think there was a lot of emphasis on being the prettiest girl you could be because you are literally in a beauty pageant. I mean, there was certainly obviously a talent portion of that. But from my experience, like being as real as you possibly could be was a huge part of it. At least for- well, I agree with you on that. And I do know that there were a couple of queens I knew that were larger, a little more ample, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And they had a much, much harder time because if you weren't model thin yeah. and glamorous and gorgeous, you were sort of pushed to the side. I remember one year, Chocolate Thunder coming out of a pageant in Durham, ranting and raving, these white girls have rigged this shit. And I can tell you, Chocolate Thunder brought the house down. Nobody even came close uh-huh. and she didn't even place. See, hmm. but she was an apple girl, and she was dark skinned. And I think, like to your point, though, Rick, like you couldn't just be one thing, though. You had to be a package. You had to be able to bring a performance. You also had to be able to do different types of music, up tempo stuff, uh, stuff that like slow songs, like yeah, uh, that one where you got all the dollars. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's actually, right. Yes. You were kicking up your heels. You can't collect the you dollars. The <laughs> Celine Dion of dollar collecting. That's yes. Right. Yes. So one year, a friend of mine named Gina did a show, and she did Like a Virgin by Madonna in a one-piece white (laughs) bathing suit. (laughs) And for the straps, she had sewn on pearls. Of course. And honey, she was up there in that pair of heels, and all of a sudden, one of the straps broke. And there was beads all over the floor, and she slipped Go and on, fell no, on, no, onto no. the stage, and her wig Lord fell off the back of the stage. <laughs> she reached over her shoulder, grabbed a wig, stuck it on her head, got back up, and finished the song, and never missed a lip sync at all. All I know is 
That bitch took home the dollars that, that night. All of them. All of them. Matter of fact, I think once Gina had finished, there was no need of anyone else going on. That's right. Just going home, y'all. Because when you so put, your, when you put your wig on backwards and you just parted and keep going, honey, you know you real then. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Uh, she don't have none And her daddy was a minister, honey. There's some more stories we'll tell on another day about that one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right. Have you guys ever done drag? Maybe once or twice. <laughs> several, several, several times. I mean, other than today. Uh, right. For sure. Absolutely. 100%. Like, yes. <laughs> when I met George, we talked about doing some videos together, and we did. And Not when adult videos. Not adult yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> and one of the things he said is, you know, Dan, to do these, you're going to have to be in drag. And I was like, you know, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. What I can tell you is it was very liberating. See? It is something I did that was something different than me. I did grow up religious and I grew up not wanting to be so out there. I didn't want to be the queens that came in when Dixie. No. Even though everybody knew I was gay, I wasn't fooling anyone. But the thing is, when we did the drag videos, we had such a good time. And it was freeing. And you get to be someone totally different. And I, I at that moment, I'm like, I can certainly see the allure of this because you get to sort of free yourself. You do. Let your inner girl You out. do. I mean, honey, the power in a pair of heels and a wig... Well, fortunately, I got to wear flats because we were only filmed from the waist up. <laughs> you would not like to see me teetering in a pair of heels. Oh, no. yes, I would. <laughs> yes, I would. I'm just going to vote yes. I got yes. news for you. That day's coming. Oh. <laughs> we're going to need some extra wide pumps, honey. Right. We, should have, we should have a high heels episode. <laughs> I'll go with that. Y'all go first and I'll grade. <laughs> okay. What about you, Rick? We, once, we have to see you in a dress. Once. I did it once. There was Besides only one. <laughs> well, I don't know that the caftan counts. There's a one and only time that I did drag, and it went so horribly off the rails, it careened so far off the side of the cliff that it was dead before it even hit the ground. Oh, honey. And I, <laughs> you were not Gina. And, and, you didn't pick your no, wig up and go again, no, I see. Ma'am, no. Was it, was it Halloween? It I was, was Halloween. Of course it was. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> And I had gone out to rent an old Victorian ball gown from Wake Forest University, I think it was. And so I had to put down like a $500 deposit mm. and uh, to get she this dress. She did not think this through. No, <laughs> no. You obviously didn't know a queen that could sew. Hello? Well, no, I, I decided to Could do your it mama very... sew you one, honey? I decided to do it very late in the game. I think it was a couple days before uh, Halloween and the party because everybody was trying to get me to do it. And I said, no, 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 no. As part of me not doing it, I refused to shave my goatee at the time. <laughs> so we used actor's clay to cover it up. Girl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I went to a friend of mine who uh, was Miss North Carolina and got, she loaned me her crown and she did my wig and my makeup. And I think there's some photos. I think there's some photos somewhere. Oh, uh, your dad burned those. (laughs) Listen to me. Here's what I'm picturing. Victorian ball gown, actor's clay and a crown. Were you Dame Maggie Smith? What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's just the thing. Everyone called me Regal. And I'm like, I don't know that Regal is a couple. (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyway, we go to this fucking they party. Knew, wait, 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 wait. They knew you were never going to be the queen or the empress. Well, but I will okay. give you regal. Duchess. <laughs> she wasn't going to be a duchess. She's just going to be regal. That's a general but, term. Well, that's what I said. I don't think regal actually counts as a couple. Listen, lady still waiting. <laughs> they said, lady with goatee, regal. <laughs> Covered up goatee. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm so, sure it was not that covered so up. So we go to this goddamn party, and it had just rained uh, like earlier today, and the party was in the fucking backyard. So I'm walking through the backyard yeah, in heels, and the heels are sinking into yes. the ground. Well, every and I'm queen's like, was. And not I, just yours. And I was like, well, I can't do this, so I'm going to the house. And I start walking up to the house, and I go to the steps to go up the house. As I'm climbing the steps, the heel of my shoe gets caught in the hem of the dress, uh-uh. rips it apart, and about that time, I felt the uh, down <laughs> on the top of my head sliding over to the right side, and I'm like, oh, what is happening? It's the wig and the crown is coming off. And then I felt something flapping under my nose, and the actress clay was coming off. Now, mind you, it was probably 30 feet from the door to the bathroom. By the time I got to the bathroom, I was no longer in drag. <laughs> so, like I said... And there was no deposit going to be given so, back on that rental. Oh, I knew a queen that could fix that fucking dress. I got my deposit back, but it was it was a clear sign to me it is not meant for me. No, your body I rejected <laughs> drag <laughs> I respect the shit out of some drag queens, but that was not meant for me. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> So there was I'm just guy- so glad that we didn't have uh, video phones back then. <laughs> you know, oh. there, there are some things we cannot hide today that we <laughs> often wish we could. I mean, girl, you would have been viral in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was this cute guy I went to college with named Paul Summerall. And some of the queens were like, oh, Paul, let us put you in drag. Let us put you in drag. And he was very handsome. And he was like, no, 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 no. So finally, one day, Jan had worn him down. So they went over to his apartment and they would not let him see them making him up. Right. So his back was to the mirror. They finished and he looked exquisite. And when they turned him around and he saw himself in the mirror, he fell in love with himself. You could literally see it. He was speechless. He was Miss Greenville within three months. Of course he was. He was Gorgeous. Birth of the Venus. Yes, honey. it was. <laughs> and then he went to uh, to compete in Miss North Carolina. And then somebody said something, or he got his feelings hurt somewhere along the line, and that was it. He quit. Mm. And he, he, but he saw himself in the mirror and he fell in love. And it was like, oh, isn't that cute? He looked good both in and out of drag. Right, so I guess he didn't look regal. <laughs> He was a queen, honey. <laughs> Regal. Regal. <laughs> oh, you know oh, what? I Lord, tell you, Lord. we we were going to have to hit up Tiffany Bonet and a few of these people <laughs> to see if we can find a picture of Miss Regal. We should look up Tiffany. I wonder if she'd do the show. I would love to talk to her. It's of been course. years. You know what? We ought to. We should find someone. Yes. All right. A whole bunch of Tiffany Bonet, if you're out there, reach out, girl. Let's talk. We're looking for you, honey. That's right. Or Sade Ross or Amanda Carr. Any of you. Come on, Cass. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Come on. Give us a call. Well, I think this was fun. Is it time for your favorite part of the episode? I think it might be time for me. I mean, I don't think it's just your favorite part, honey. (laughs) 
we all got a little thirst up on I us mean, about now. Parched. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we put on our heels and uh, mosey on out to the Click, clap to the front porch. <laughs> I'm going to put on flats. I'll put on my hat, though. <laughs> y'all right. come on by and sit on the porch with us one of these days. We'll see y'all in a second. Welcome to the front porch, y'all. Yes. Hey, y'all. Hey. Oh, my God. What is this? It's so adorable. This is a Jacob drink. Jacob, what, what is, is it? it? It's called Shelby's Juice. All right. Oh, I love it. Shelby. And it's pink. Is it pink or is it blush or bashful? Girl, after a couple of days, there will be no more bashful <laughs> trust. Uh, they better not be. All right. Cheers, Cheers y'all. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, Got oh, a little my. bubbly in there too. Mm. That is lovely. It is delicious. It is it's deadly gonna, delicious. It's going to take the fuzz right off the peach. I can already <laughs> tell you. So, Jacob, yes. what's our surprise topic for the day? Oh, let's uh, reach into the old honey pot into gone. the honey bucket, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you stick your hand in there so nicely. Your hand fits so perfectly. I love it. What is it? What is it? Most definitely random. (laughs) There's only one piece of paper in there. Oh, no. Oh, look at this. Ghosts. Ghosts. Oh, I love a southern ghost story. Goes to the Mississippi, honey. (laughs) Go on now. I know you have one, George. So, I do. And you did not know this beforehand, so this is totally new for oh, you. This is not about the graveyard from before. <laughs> no, girl, that would do it. Preacher Bob. Or what, what <laughs> Some things do Randy. not need to be resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> Some ghosts should stay buried. So when I was very small, and I mean really small, so this isn't even really my story, it's my mom's story, because I was too small to remember this. So I was with my mother for a short period of time, which I don't even really remember. So I was really young. But we lived in this little tiny town called Sleepy Hollow, which, yes, North Carolina oh, apparently has a Sleepy Hollow. Was oh. Johnny Depp in that? <laughs> I, Johnny Depp could have been up in this. In this thing. <laughs> so we lived in Sleepy Hollow, and it was the of course country. You did. Girl, it was the country. It like was the a hoot and hollow way. Mm-hmm. And we lived in this little farmhouse that was close to a, like a pond you know, okay. a fishing sure. hole. Right. As and they as they are. As they are. Yeah. As they would be. So according to my mother, that house, you could never heat it. It was always ice cold. Mm. Um, the things would always be moved in the house. Things would be that she would put something down and it wouldn't be where she left it. And then she tells this one story of how one night everybody was asleep. It was the dead of night. And out of nowhere, this big picture window that was in the living room just broke like it just oh, shattered wow. oh my god yes just shattered out of and this is the dead of night like three o'clock in the morning or whatever um it wasn't like it wasn't like anybody threw anything through it it just shattered and all the glasses everywhere and that was the last night they spent in that house <laughs> um, <laughs> rightfully <what>? so <laughs> <laughs> and she said that she found out later that the people who had lived in this house however many years ago all of their children had drowned in that pond oh, oh wow. my god so oh. there you go. La Llorona. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow Girl. <laughs> Ooh. 
There's some about living in a farmhouse next to a pond that's just. I mean, rock. don't do it. Here's the here's the thing: don't, if you can't heat that house, even in the summer, don't live in don't it. Do it. Well, especially in a town called Sleepy Hollow. No, the signs no. are all there. Exactly. <laughs> that's like moving into a house in Amityville, and then right. asking why this happened to you because you moved into a house in Amityville. Precisely. My God. And the thing is, it was a little cheaper. That's why they took it. <laughs> oh, it, I'm sure. Because, like I said, it was no, it was in the middle of nowhere, nowhere. field, like you know, a field mm-hmm. <laughs> with a pond, a, a hollow. It was, right. a, yeah. it was in a hollow <laughs> with dead children in the pond. <laughs> well, they were sleeping in the in the pond, so that, that's why they call it Sleepy Holler. So, what about you, Rick? You got ghosts <laughs> oh, in your closet? <laughs> I got quite a few, but I think my favorite ghost story is kind of a two-parter. All right, uh, but it all happened on the same night. I love a sequel. Oh, see, <laughs> <laughs> different acts. Uh, so, I had helped a friend of mine. It's not a southern ghost story, though. I should say that I was helping a friend of mine sell his house back in Detroit, mm. and so we went back uh, to move everything out of the house and get it all set up so that uh, it could, he could put it on the market. And it was built back in the late 1800s, I think it was. And he would tell me stories constantly about the ghosts that live in this house and the different ghosts in the different parts of the house. And you know, I, I'm from the South. I love a good ghost story. Sure. I'm all about it. Uh, but he had a detached garage. And so it was late in the afternoon, right when the sun was starting to go down and it was not quite dark. It was like dusk, like twilight. Twilight. Yes. And um, so he was telling me about this old woman ghost that used to haunt him and harass him out in the garage. And I turned around. He had turned on the back porch light as he was telling me the story. And I turned around and I looked at the garage and I was like, well, you could tell that old bitch I said to back the fuck off (laughs) really loud. And suddenly out of the garage came this noise like a motor or something went... And the light on the back porch dimmed down, and I turned around and I looked at him. He's like, "I told you." <laughs> and, and I was like, "Okay." I told so, you not to fuck with the ghost. Exactly, and then you did. And then later that night, uh, it was a three-level house, and um, we had already cleaned out the upstairs. So he was sleeping in the main front room, and I was sleeping in one of the back dens. Okay, a front room. How southern is that? And you were in Detroit. He well, was sleeping in the front room. He was in the front room, the, the, the formal living room. That's where he was. Oh, there you go. It was the parlor. Yeah, it was the parlor. Thank you. He was in the sitting room. <laughs> the, the sitting room. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So, uh, you know, it's middle of the night and uh, I'm sleeping in the den and I keep hearing all these noises like people walking and all this stuff happening upstairs. And probably two in the morning i guess and so i go over uh go into the parlor the yes, front room the sitting yes, room and i'm like room. what the fuck is happening he's like i told you i have ghosts how many times do i have to tell you and i'm like well I, I i can't deal with this anymore i did not sign up for this. <laughs> he's like, yeah you I'm said you had weird. ghosts but this is real yeah exactly <laughs> <This is> really <laughs> happening. There, there, there are footsteps happening upstairs he's like yeah it happens all the freaking time and so I was like, well, I'm not sleeping anywhere in this house alone. So you're going to have to drag that mattress off that floor into the back room because that's where we're sleeping. And so he oh, came. Oh, isn't that romantical? He came to the back room and we, uh, uh-huh. we he were. He came to the back room. <laughs> I've heard that story before. Well, it gets better. Hold on. And uh, so he, he, <laughs> he had a ghost three-way. <laughs> well, um, I felt an extra hand. I see, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
haven't lowered. Were you telling the story? I was. <laughs> oh, yes, I shit. was trying. Sorry, go. <laughs> yeah, making me laugh. It's funny. Um, but he was. It was probably about an hour later. He was asleep, and I was trying to sleep, and I kept hearing all these noises of things going up and down the stairs and all this stuff. Suddenly, I felt this pressure, this weight uh, on my chest, yes, nope. and it just kept pressing down, and it was warm. <laughs> Danny, stop. <laughs> I, kept, I felt this pressure on my chest, and it kept pressing down. It was very warm. And so I finally had enough, and I yelled out, God damn it, fucking stop. Fucking leave me alone. And at that moment, every single thing in that house went quiet, and nothing bothered me for the rest of the night. And the next morning, he was like, I didn't want to tell you. You had to figure it out for yourself. But yes, you have to tell them to leave you alone. Otherwise, they want to play. Otherwise, you're getting that ghostly rim job. (laughs) (laughs) This is why Rick's nickname is 666. (laughs) He scares the ghost. Uh, Mark of the Beast. Well, mm -mm. in the little town I grew up in, Cove City, North Carolina, we had the Cove City Light. It's a village. And they lost their idiot when I left. So we had this thing called the Cove City Light. (laughs) There was a a train track that ran down the center of the village. And supposedly one night, years and years ago, this guy was crossing the train tracks and got run over by the train and it severed his head. And you could find out in the woods this thing called the Cove City Light. You could go out in the woods hunting at night and there would be a light as if he was swinging a lantern like they had on the old trains. All through the woods, you could watch the light just careen around until you got close, and then it would disappear. But the Cove City light, it has been documented in lots of books, lots of crazy people. But, you know, if you want to find a headless man with a light, you can go to my hometown. I've actually heard this ghost story. Yes. I've it completely is one, it heard is this It's like it's one of those things you hear, like, the devil's tramping ground. Which Precisely. Is also Precisely. <laughs> Yep, we have the Devil's Punch Bowl here in north of Los Angeles, so we'll have to do a podcast from the Devil's Punch Bowl one of these days. Isn't that a site of uh, UFOs, though? Isn't that where all the they do all the UFO sightings in the Devil's Punch Bowl? I was hoping it was no. a bar. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was this, hoping it was next week's cocktail. <laughs> well, it could be. It could be. Right? Maybe something chocolatey. <laughs> Did you guys ever listen to, um, I, one thing I remember growing up is my aunt used to have this scary music Halloween music album that we would play every year for Halloween and we she had one of those big sort of uh stereo cabinets consoles thank you stereo Stereo console that's about like 20 feet long across the side of the wall we used to put on this album every year for Halloween and it had all the spooky sounds and the stories and the story about Ichabod Crane and all of that stuff it used to scare the fucking shit out of me at the time (laughs) and yet I did it every year just precisely I was obsessed with horror movies in my teen years, so I would go and scream and scream and scream in the theater, but would go back for the next one the next week because I just love them. I love being scared. I, I love horror movies. movies. I'm a big horror movie fan. I am, too. I love horror movies. I do. But, you know, it's a little different when you're when what's happening on the screen is happening in real life, Rick. <laughs> so I was, while you were telling that story, reminding me of another paranormal thing that's happened to me actually as an adult now so i was on vacation with uh, my boyfriend at the time and we were up in wine country and we were staying it was in cambria actually so we were staying in this little seaside hotel um super cute um and we'd gone out doing vineyards tours tours all day so there might have been wine involved there was definitely wine involved there may have also been a vicodin involved oh praise (laughs) the lord (laughs) 
well. You gotta calm down for the next winery. So we get back to the hotel, and then we decide to get in the hot tub with more wine and maybe another Vicodin. So by the time it was time to like calm down for the evening, I was past the fuck out. Like I was gone. I was so gone. So I was just passing on the couch or whatever in the, in the hotel room, and he tells the story of how you know he kind of put me to bed, and then he went to bed, and about he woke up in the middle of the night feeling like there was somebody else in the room. And he felt and heard someone walk across the room and then sit down on the bed next Mm-mm. to him. Like the bed. No, ma'am. Yes. No, ma'am. <laughs> and how he had to do the same. He had to sit up and he has, he had to say like, go away, leave me alone. Because it was this very real thing where like he could feel the pressure of someone sitting down next to him on nope. the bed. I know. <laughs> you, you two are amateurs. Really? I'd be like, hey. <laughs> well, see, hey, when you've been single as long as I have, you you welcome in the paranormal. Bring so you would have said, "Hey, boo, what you got tonight?" <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Jump that icy hand job, <laughs> right? I don't like sweaty sex. I go for the icy hand job. Ugh, sweaty sex is nasty. Mm-mm. You tighten that up a little bit there. <laughs> I put a death grip on it. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of the opposite end of the thing. I had an uncle who liked to scare children. And he... I love him already. So I went to to spend the weekend with my aunt and uncle. And he was constantly talking about the boogeyman. And how the boogeyman was going to get you if you didn't behave. Oh, yes, honey. And I came home and I had a nightmare about the boogeyman. And it's the... One and only time I ever saw my mother tell her oldest sister that if anything like that happened again, she'd whip her ass. Oh? My parents did not believe in scaring children. Unlike you, Rick. (laughs) And obviously you, George, since you agreed. Jacob, what about you? Hell yeah, scare him. Oh, fuck y'all. <laughs> Those little impressionable minds. Don't mean. Well, that's really sweet because that is not how I grew up. Like, they told us ghost stories. They told us about the boogeyman. They told we'd go to Boy Scout camp. There'd be like that crazy maniac that escaped and slaughtered a whole camp full of campers. Yes, I, I think we all had those campfire stories. Yes. I know. Well, y'all, here's a scary thing. As my Aunt Lucy used to say, my ice cubes are dry. Ah! <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I think it's time to go back in the kitchen and scare up some other more drinks, honey. Let's do it then. All yes, right. let's go. It's well, time for another one. We'll see y'all next week. Bye, Bye y'all. Bye. Queer Magnolians is a weekly podcast hosted by Rick Clifton, Danny White, and George Skinner, and produced by yours truly, Jacob McGinnis. You can find us everywhere you find your podcasts, so please take a few minutes to leave a rating or review. We definitely look forward to hearing from you. If this is your first time joining us, please subscribe to receive the next episode automatically. Thank you for following us on Twitter at Queer Magnolias and on Instagram at Queer Magnolias Podcast, or email us at Queer Magnolias Podcast at gmail.com.